there, and thanks for tuning in to Renoites. Renoites is a interview podcast hosted by myself, Connor McQuivy, here in Reno, Nevada. I talk to all sorts of folks from Northern Nevada. This is one of a series of bonus episodes that I'm recording live at the Riverside Farmers Market. We are between normal seasons of the Renoites podcast right now, but I still want to be able to share businesses, nonprofits, people's stories throughout the summer. One of the ways I'm going to do that is by being at the Riverside Farmers Market most Sundays at Idlewild Park from 8 to 1, and sharing some mini episodes, usually about 10 to 20 minutes, with some of the other vendors from the market. I hope you enjoy this one as well as the others to come. If you have suggestions for guests, please let me know. Send me an email, Connor, C-O-N-O-R, at renoites.com. Tune into the regular episodes, which will be returning in the beginning of September, and I have live episodes coming up as well. Of course, if you enjoy this show and appreciate the work that I'm doing, I would love your financial support as well. You can learn more at patreon.com slash renoites. And now this week's special episode live from the Riverside Farmers Market. Marissa Hess, welcome to Renoites. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Connor. Yeah. So this is one of our live episodes recorded here at the beautiful Riverside Farmers Market. You might hear some music and people in the background. And we get to be booth neighbors today, which is fun. It's great. I've seen you here a few times, and mm-hmm. we know each other. Our families know each other from That's forever right. and ever and ever. That's right. Um, Since but, we were kids. Yeah. So I, we know you from, from Joseph's Vienna Bakery, right? Exactly. Exactly. Joseph. Joseph was my stepfather. Oh, gotcha. And you're here for OSO Design Lab, right? Yes. OSO Design Lab is what I do these days. Gotcha. So tell me a little bit about uh, OSO and and what it is and uh, kind of the process of from when you started it to what you're doing now. All right. So OSO Design Lab is a jewelry company that my husband and I started back in 2018. And we make simple statement jewelry with love and a laser. Excellent. Yeah, I know a lot of it is like the laser cut wood shapes where it's like yes. it's it's thin, lightweight. Wood. What kind yes. of wood do you use? For so them? we actually use plywood. Mm-hmm. The great thing about the wood is that I love a big statement earring mm-hmm. and the wood is so nice because it's really lightweight. So you have a lot of impact, but you don't feel it all day long. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and and it's, it's all laser cut. So some of it's really intricate, right? Yes. What yes. Is, how does that work? Like what's the process of creating? So the way pieces? that our process works, um, everything is started basically with pen and paper. You know, it all comes from a sketch. Then I use a, um, a software to create a digital file. And then the computer sends it to the computer on the laser, and the laser does all the math. You know, that's a laser head on a, on a gantry, moves around the laser bed, and cuts out of our sheet materials. And our laser, we have a CO2 laser, and the CO2 laser can cut um, a lot of natural materials. We work mostly with wood and acrylic. It also cuts leather. It cuts cork, um, MDF, all kinds of different materials that are natural materials. Got it. How long have you been doing this? We started back in 2018. That was when Josh bought a laser in the middle of the night. Uh, I woke up on a cold January morning and he said, so I bought a laser last (laughs) night. But he then cut me a stormtrooper snowflake out of wood and that was that was the end of that. Mm-hmm. As soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh, the the ideas were swirling in my head for what we could make." Yeah, have you uh, always been kind of a maker and crafts person, or has Josh as well? Well, 
That's funny. We, I would never admit that I was an artist. I grew up, even when I was a kid, I knew that I wanted to grow up and be an artist, but I didn't really know what that meant mm -hmm. or what that looked like. So I had this very defined idea of what an artist is. An artist is somebody who can sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil and sketch something beautiful, something that comes from their mind, that they're expressing themselves and they're tortured. And the only way that they can deal with their ex existential angst is to get it out on the canvas. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely not my experience. So I didn't think that I was an artist. Hmm. So I was always in creative jobs. Even when I was not in a creative job, I was able to carve out creative projects for myself. And when he brought home that laser, everything just kind of clicked yeah. and I realized I was an artist and that what I wanted to do was make pretty things for people. So, and Josh has been um, in tech his whole life. He'd been in tech for 25 years. And one of the things that was hardest for him about it was that at the end of the day, there was nothing that he could see, nothing that he had put his hands on that he had made. Mm. And like truly the hallmark of him doing a good job was that, he had come and gone and nobody knew that he was there because he fixed it, you know, he fixed it quietly. Right. So he's been now on for a year and a half with us full time. Mm -hmm. And he uh, has been learning a lot of more of the traditional woodworking side of it. And he is loving making things. Mm -hmm. So we also have a CNC at home in addition to our laser. That is, that's a, I don't know what, it's a router, is that a router? It is, yeah, oh, gosh, exactly. How, so it's a that, CNC yeah, router. Yeah, how does that work? So it's actually really similar to the laser. The laser, like I said, the computer sends the, the numbers to the laser and the laser's on a gantry, right? Mm -hmm. So it moves around the bed. Um, with a CNC, instead of having a laser on the gantry head, it's a drill bit. Mm. And that, I, these are not technical terms. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the drill bit moves around the bed and does like 3D carving on wood. Oh, okay. All kinds of really cool things. So yeah. we're that's something that we're expanding into. Um, we are. He's still working on it. He's learning the ins and outs of it, and we'll you'll be seeing more of that stuff on our table. Nice. How do you like work, How do you like working with the technology part? Because I know you said that your initial idea of what art is is you know it's it's a pencil and paper, right? Right. It's, right. There's only certain types of things that are you know categorized <laughs> as art. Uh, but I mean, even if you're using technology. There's a big piece of design and creativity 100%. of everything that goes into, I'm, I'm sure, what you're making, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And that incorporating the technology is not, does not in any way detract from the creativity or from working with pen and paper. It's just an additional tool. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's actually like, there's a big discussion especially like in woodworking where there's very traditional woodworkers that you have to do it by hand and that is what woodworking is. And they, some of them might say that working with a CNC to do it, that that's a shortcut, that that's, you know, for whatever reason. But that's the way that it, the world is going mm -hmm. in tech. And there was always the place for the handcrafted, hand-planed wood pieces. Mm -hmm. And there's also a place for things that are made on a CNC, wood puzzles and wood dishes. And, mm. you know, there's so many different ways that things can be made in a wood workshop. And a CNC is just an additional tool. What's it like working with your partner in a business? <laughs> like you said, he, you said you said he joined you full time a yes, year and a, a year half and ago. a half ago. Yes, it's been wonderful. It has been wonderful. Josh and I are celebrating 20 years married this fall. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. And the last year and a half has been like no other. Like 18 and a half years of marriage was 
a precursor to working together, mm. but it is a whole new world working with a spouse. And it's actually been really wonderful. That's right. I grew up in a family business and I saw my mom and my stepdad working together every day. And I don't think that they were really particularly good at it. And so <laughs> I didn't think that that was a successful way to be. You know, I we did always want to be in business together, but I saw the challenges growing up being a child in a home where the parents work together. You know, they were together at home. They were together at work. We do everything from home. Mm -hmm. So we were, we're at home all day together. It's work. It's play. It's everything. And really, it's just important to just communicate and be best friends. It really helps to mm -hmm. be best friends. Do you, do you have, like, r good compatible skills where you do this part, he does that part? Yes. Or, like, how do you divide the labor so that you aren't, uh, like, driving each, other, <laughs> driving each other crazy or stepping on each other's toes? Yes. Um, we do have a pretty good way that we've delineated it. Um, he, being the more technical side, he is wonderful for all of the tech support on any machine that we have or computers. He also has a really more organized brain than me. So I tend to be all over the place. He's also all over the place, <laughs> but he's been using his coping th skills for much longer than I have. So one of the things that was really important when he came on was to start to develop systems. Mm -hmm. Because working in the business on my own, there were no systems. There was only the way that I did it. Mm -hmm. And so when he came in, it was like, so how do you do this? And I would tell him and he'd be like, why do you do it that way? And it was, the answer was always, well, just because that's how I do it, mm -hmm. you know. So him bringing in systems and organization has been huge and is really going to allow us. It's allowed us to grow already, mm -hmm. but it's really preparing us for these next steps where we're in front of a larger audience and we have more business. Yeah. What is what has that growth process been like since you started? Um, it's been very, very organic, honestly. I love to make beautiful things. I'm not a marketing expert. It's not my forte. It's not where I want to spend my energy. So honestly, we had started the business with the idea that he would come on, but then tech kind of got extra intense. And so I grew the business on my own part-time mm -hmm. working from home. And again, it was just really organic. It's just, it's been a beautiful me stepping back and allowing the right people to find us has been wonderful. Mm -hmm. And now it's time for me to go out and find more people. Definitely. Gotcha. How long have you been doing uh, market events like the Riverside Farmers Market? And what's your experience like doing this type of event where it's, you know, a market environment, right. it's in the park, it's, uh, you know, catching passersby as they walk by without like a permanent storefront kind of thing. Uh, what has that type of business been like for you? A little bit challenging because I am such an introvert. Mm. So markets take a lot of energy. And so when it was just me doing them, I could only do like one every three weeks. Right. That was absolutely all I could handle. Now it's two of us. And that means there's two eyes on everything. There's two people carrying things. There's two people helping. Mm. And it makes it feel... It makes it feel much easier. Yeah. And, you know, we're doing it as a team. But that said, we love market events, especially now that we're in our routine. Um, 
there's no other way, it's not because we don't have a storefront, there's no other way that we can meet people and be out in the community. Mm-hmm. And again, being we're both really introverted. So these events, they force us out into the public. Yeah. And then we're out there and we see how wonderful it is to be out in the world and you know that people love what we're making and that we love to be part of the community, especially the Riverside Farmers Market. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Casey's built I mean, this is really like, this is a micro market, right? These are farms that are within X amount of miles from this location. And I think that the community that she's fostered around that, they're hungry for local makers and local goods. They want to keep their dollars in the community. Mm -hmm. And so it's so good to be out here in this group. We're just so grateful to be part of it. Yeah. And I mean, I just love the environment and the social aspect of it too. So I've only been at the market the last... I think four or five markets, weeks or so. And it's great because I've gotten to tell people about the show who have no idea what it is, right? right. I'm, I'm teaching people what a podcast is right. every day. And then there are people who listen to the show and are fans of it and they listen all the time and I don't know, and they get to come up and say, oh, hey, I love the show. And that's so rewarding to me to know that people, um, whether I know it or not, are uh, appreciating the work that I'm doing. Absolutely. And I get to run into people that I know, like you. Yes, Like right? where it's people that I've known forever, people that my that I know through my family, people that are, you know, friends from school 15, 20 years ago. Absolutely. Uh, it's like really a, a microcosm of this community mm-hmm. that we get to see in, you know, in different ways here, which is really, really fun that you yes. don't get online as much. So like, obviously my... Uh, my show is a very online thing, right. and I do a lot of social media. But there's a very different vibe when you are, you know, you are with the people. You're in person, and whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, and I'm kind of both, depending on the day. Okay. Uh, that there's there's something special about just kind of being out among the people. Absolutely. Well, and especially with your your show, Reno Whites. This is, I mean, this is this is an established Reno community, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's important for you to be part of it. Absolutely, yeah. I think that just, yeah, being out here, being seen, and being interacting mm-hmm. with people. Plus being matters. under the trees. It's gorgeous. It's so beautiful here yeah. on Sundays. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that being here in Idlewild is, uh, I mean, I love the McKinley Art Center, too, but just the the amount of space here. It's this huge yes. open, you know, there's so much grass for people to spread out and yes. places to sit. And, you know, we're under the trees and it's, you know, today's one of the hottest days on record. It's yes. ridiculous, but it's not that bad because we've got all this great tree cover mm-hmm. in the shades. Yep. And um, the ponds and the river. Oh, yeah. Really, really gorgeous. Um, you mentioned what's next for OSO. What's what's next? What do you have on the on the radar? What are you hoping to do coming up? So we have a busy summer. We are vending every week between now and the end of summer break. We just got accepted into the Genoa Candy Dance Ooh, for the fun. first time, which is so exciting and incredible. I remember going there back in 2014 and thinking, man, these people have like the best jobs. Like they get to make beautiful things and just come and sell them. And that's what they get to do for a living. So we're doing the candy dance. For, um, for folks who aren't familiar, can yes. you talk about what the candy yeah, dance so is in Genoa? The, the Genoa candy dance is one of the oldest and largest craft fairs on the West Coast, I think. This year is the 104th year that they're doing the event. They shut down the entire town of Genoa, which is one of the first establishments in Nevada. Mm-hmm. And they expect thirty 
to 50,000 people through town that weekend. Wow. And it's, I mean, it's, it's incredible. There's 350 vendors. It's gigantic. Mm. So we're really excited to be part of that. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then beyond that, you know, the holiday season is coming up. We're looking to start vending in larger markets, <laughs> you know, possibly looking at shows in Vegas, looking at shows in Seattle, kind of sticking on the West Coast. But growing growing wholesale we mm. love you know the laser is a perfect tool for a wholesale business mm. so we're always looking to expand our wholesale offering mm. and just continuing to grow getting ourselves in front of more eyes right on where so speaking of getting in front of more eyes where can people find you how can people connect and uh, obviously they can come find you here at the market yes, at but, Riverside uh, Farmers Market yeah, but where uh, else can people connect so we are online at www.osodesignlab.com we ship all over you can also pick up from our workshop in Sparks if you want to avoid shipping charges um, you can also find us in the Wild Market Collective at Reno mm. Public Market. Oh, right on. They've got a big big part of our collection. And, you know, we do pop-ups. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tell me about the, the name, OSO Design. OSO Design Labs. So originally when we launched, I was in the midst of my yoga teacher training. And so we came up with the name Ohm Sweet Ohm Design Lab. And we had, there were two ohms in it. The, the first ohm was OM, like the sacred mantra. And the second ohm was OHM, which is an electrical unit of resistance. And so one of the ohms represented me and the other ohm represented Josh. And it just became very convoluted and it was very hard to spell. And I felt that like the, uh, the yoga thing, I felt I was being appropriative with mm. it. And it just, it felt, it just, didn't sit right after about a year and a half. And so we switched to OSO Design Lab, which still honors sort of the OSO, Ohm Sweet Ohm, mm -hmm. but it feels more modern and feels like it suits us a little bit better, yeah. simpler. I like that. Yeah, you mentioned the the wild market, and I know that I had Rachel and Jesse yes. on the podcast. We yes. did a live episode with them, and I was reading a, an interview or an article about your business. And you've done a lot with other uh, like local charity stuff too. I know that you've raised money for Our Center, yes. uh, for the Wild West Fund, who also I did an episode with. Can Wonderful. you talk a little bit about the kind of the fundraising and charity kind of uh, yeah. component of the work yeah. that you've done? So we have this wonderful public platform, and. We care a lot about social issues, especially, you know, in the last few years. I don't think that I was necessary of, necessarily a very political person until the last six or eight years. And I just realized that the platform that we have is a means to help out others in a way that we can. Mm -hmm. So... I've done a couple of pride, the last two years we did pride fundraisers in the summer benefiting our center and I created collections for those uh, like rainbow sort of collections. Mm -hmm. I also, like you said, we, I have a permanent piece in my collection that benefits Wild West Access Fund, which is the local abortion, uh, mm. Yeah, it's the I, state it's, abortion fund. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Not just not just locally, but I think yeah. they're statewide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and these are just causes that we are really passionate about. These, you know, were affected. Our family, our friends, and us were affected by these issues every day, and it felt very vulnerable. I know the first year that I did the R Center pri uh, fundraiser, it, I didn't know how to talk about it. I still, I, I'm still not sure how to mm -hmm. talk about it because it feels really vulnerable to me. But I love being able to help out, and you know, we do 50%. We've got two pieces in our shop. Um, one benefiting our center, one benefiting Wild West Access Fund, and 50% of the profits from those pieces go to those 
groups. So those are available anytime on our website. We don't just we don't we didn't want to just run it in the summertime anymore. Mm. Awesome. Well, thanks for stopping by the booth. I'm glad that we got to be booth neighbors yes. today. Thank you so much and for asking. Yeah, and that we get to share a little bit about what you're doing on the show. It's been really fun doing these kind of mini episodes with the market. And it's always great to learn about what everyone here is doing, especially people that I that I know and that I right? get to catch up with, uh, you know, just as a person, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, very grateful that we had the opportunity. Thank you so much, Connor. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special episode of Renoites from the Riverside Farmers Market. If you have suggestions for future episodes or any kind of feedback, please let me know on Instagram at Renoites or send me an email, Connor, C-O-N-O-R at Renoites.com. And keep an eye on the podcast feed for more of these special episodes, as well as regular episodes coming back soon. I also have multiple live events. You can learn more about those on my Instagram at Renoites or at Renoites.com. Thank you so much for your support. See you soon. Mm-hmm.